Please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. Today we are in Proverbs chapter 3 once again. We will begin in verse 13. It's uh, the second of two discourses on wisdom in the book of in chapter 3 of the book of Proverbs. We'll cover the first portion of the discourse next week and look at um, how wisdom leads us to um, treat our fellow man well, fellow man, fellow woman well. Today we are going to begin to look at some benefits of wisdom that the father talks to the son about benefits that we will visit again in chapter eight, where we will visit them a little bit more fully. But the father begins to introduce his son to some benefits of wisdom in Proverbs chapter three, beginning in verse 13. So follow along as I read the word of the Lord. Blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding. For she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her. To those who lay hold of her will be blessed. By wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundations By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the deeps were divided and the clouds let drop the dew. My son, preserve sound judgment and discernment. Do not let them out of your sight. They will be life for you. An ornament to grace your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being snared. Let us pray. Our God and Father above, we are a stubborn people at times. Sometimes you meet us in our stubbornness with rebuke. Sometimes you meet us in our stubbornness with reward. As we consider this portion of the book of Proverbs, show us the rewards which are ours if we pursue your wisdom. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I will be referencing, at least in these first nine chapters of the book of Proverbs, I'll be referencing children a lot simply because the book of Proverbs is written from a father to his son. It is written from parents to their children. And so I think examples of children are are good examples to help us understand some of what he is teaching. Now, not everyone in here has children, and I, and I want to be sensitive to that. And so I, I think it's important for us to remember as well baptism vows, not just the vows the parents take, but vows that we take as members of a church to help those parents raise those children in the fear, in the admonition of the Lord. And one of the things I want us to think about as we think about children is our our church's adult children, not adult children like me, as I'm a a 51 year old child of my mother. But those adult children who are right there in that point where they are they have been taught by the church, they are getting ready maybe to graduate from a senior high Sunday school class or to graduate from high school and to begin to move on into their quote unquote adult life and how we talk to them. I remember my father telling me one time that, you know, at, at, at a certain point in my life, 
I no longer had to take his advice. I no longer had to obey him, but I at least had to listen. I had to give him the honor of hearing him when he came to me to instruct me wisdom. And of course, as my father's always did, he, he followed it up with a bit of a joke and it was because he was always right and I needed to remember that. But he also followed it up by reminding me that he had been where I was. And there were certain benefits to listening to him. There was part of his rightness in his advice was the fact that he had led a life sometimes according to his own wisdom and stumbled and fall, fallen and had to live with the negative consequences of that. But then he reminded me that since he had lived by the negative consequences, I could live by the positive benefits of his wisdom. Because sometimes when we follow God's wisdom, he gives us benefits. He gives us rewards. See, God understands that while we should act according to what he tells us, according to our duty to obey him, he, he knows that we are fickle and that sometimes we need a little bit more of a push than just our duty to obey our creator. And so he gives us rewards. He gives us benefits for listening to him. So the father does that with his child here in this particular passage. He gives us benefits. He's going to show us how wisdom gives benefits to humanity. He's going to show us as odd as it may sound, how wisdom gives benefits to God himself. And he's going to show us in light of wisdom's benefits to humanity, in light of wisdom's benefits to God, that wisdom will benefit the son as well. First, Wisdom's benefits to humanity. The father Solomon opens up this discourse by echoing Psalm 1. He says, blessed is the man who finds wisdom. Now the word man there is the, is the word that we get the name Adam from in Genesis chapter 2. It's also a word that within, within the Hebrew language typically also means just humanity as a whole. So when the father here, when Solomon here addresses his son and said, blessed is the man, it's almost as though he is saying, blessed is the human race. When they listen to, when they find wisdom. And that is the benefit, that is the overarching benefit to humanity when they find wisdom. And that is being blessed. Now, blessed is a word that is typically translated or typically thought of in the form of happy. But this can miss the mark if we're not careful. What what makes us happy in this world? It's typically external circumstances, is it not? Oh, I had a good week at work, so I'm happy. Well, you know what? I got along really well with my family this week, so I'm happy. Wow, I got a new job, so I'm happy. Happiness, blessedness in the scriptures is not is something that is not dependent on external circumstances. It is a sense of joyous satisfaction in spite of our circumstances. It is contentment in where God has placed us and in who God has placed us with. Paul talks about this in Philippians 4. We oftentimes quote verse 13 of Philippians 4, whenever we're in dire straits, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. And while there is truth to that, what Paul is talking about is that he had been content when he was poor. He had found contentment 
when he was rich. Because I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Blessedness is that sense of contentment no matter what our circumstances are. And how do we receive that contentment? Well, literally through digging for, for searching for, and for lowering a bucket into a well to draw forth wisdom and understanding. The finding, the gaining in verse 13 there are words that are very active words. It's not just the eureka type of finding where we stumble across something. But it's the finding of someone who has dug in the ground looking for something precious. It is the digging and the searching and the active, almost agonizing desire to discover something. We are to search for wisdom. We are to draw out understanding as though we were drawing a bucket of water from a well. And what does this blessedness look like? Or why should, let me start here. Why should we seek for it with such diligence and with such determination? Why should we seek for wisdom and understanding? It's because she's profitable and she's precious. Solomon here says she is more profitable than silver and her yields are better than returns. Her, she yields better returns than gold. Profitable and yield better returns are business and investment words. In other words, wisdom, digging for wisdom is better for us than making that killer investment in the stock market. Wisdom is better for us than a profitable business that we could invest in and gain a large return. Why is that? Bruce Waltke says it this way. He says, wisdom is better than the profit of silver because money can put food on the table, but not fellowship around it. It can buy a house, but not a home. And it can give a woman jewelry, but not the love she really wants. Money can buy us a lot of things, but it cannot bring us the true blessedness that we seek as humans. Only wisdom can do that. I believe that we as humans on a fundamental level are trying to be blessed. We are trying to be happy and we pursue a lot of the wrong things in order to gain, to find that happiness that is not dependent upon our circumstances. We seek the safety and security of the stock market. We seek the love of another human being, which while good cannot fill us in the way that would make us blessed. We look for all these things. We grab after all these things and we're missing the mark. Wisdom is precious because it brings us blessedness. So now we know why it's precious, why we should seek for it. What does this blessedness look like? Well, first thing, it looks like long life. We touched on this last week in the previous section. Long life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her. To those who lay hold of her will be blessed. We see the first part of blessedness is long life and access to the tree of life. We talked a little bit when we discussed this last week. The language here is a bit ambiguous when it says long life. It has a double meaning. It has a meaning of long life here, but it also has a meaning of long life 
in the presence of God. And we see this filled out even more as we look at verse 18, where it says that wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. This reference to the tree of life in light of the very next section dealing with creation, which we'll look at here in a few minutes, should in our minds send us back to the Genesis 2 and Genesis 3. In Genesis 2, God filled the garden with a whole lot of trees, but he only talked about two specifically. He talked about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he talked about the tree of life. He told Adam and Eve, if you leave the tree of the knowledge of good and evil alone, you will have access forever to the tree of life. And yet Adam and Eve sought their own wisdom and ate of the knowledge of the tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and therefore lost access to the tree of life. And what Solomon says here is if you seek after wisdom, if you Draw out understanding. You will be given access to the tree of life, which humanity was denied in the fall. In Romans 22, we are given this picture of the new heavens and the new earth where the where the temple city of God has been established on earth. And from the throne of God flows a river. And along the side of that river is a tree. A tree with 12 types of fruit that produces fruit every month. And all of creation, all of the nations gather around this tree to eat of its fruit and to be given life and to see the combination of this tree and this river restore all of creation to its glorious pre-fall beauty. Actually more beautiful because instead of just being confined to a garden, It covers the entirety of the earth. And that is what waits for those who pursue wisdom and find it. And it's also a reminder to us that the only access to that tree is through the one who is worthy. Who in the first several chapters of the book of Revelation is described as the lion who is also the sacrificed lamb. The ultimate thing we can do to pursue wisdom is to embrace Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And if so, the long life granted to us by the tree of life will be ours. Wisdom is also a benefit for humanity of wisdom is also riches and honor. Favor with man that we that we touched on in the previous section. Yes, wealth is sometimes is a benefit of wisdom. God is not a God who hates wealth. God is a God who hates people who worship wealth instead of him. You can only serve God. You can't serve God and money. You must choose between the two. We are given honor. We are given riches. We are given delight and peace. Her ways are pleasant ways. Her ways are delightful. And her paths are peace. Peace is parallel to blessedness. It is a sense of wholeness. It is a sense of reconciliation. It is a sense of fullness that comes through reconciliation with God. That reconciliation bought for us through Jesus. The benefit for humanity of wisdom is blessedness. A sense of satisfaction in spite of our circumstances that comes through the peace that was purchased for us through 
our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This peace is mentioned by Paul once again in Philippians chapter four, when he says, be anxious for nothing. But by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make all your requests known to God and the peace of God that transcends understanding will be ours in Christ Jesus. Humanity, the benefit to humanity of wisdom is blessedness. But secondly, and this sounds odd to our human ears. Wisdom has benefit for God as well. And this reminds us as we begin to look at these benefits and this theme will show up again throughout this introductory section of the book of Proverbs. But wisdom is preexistent to creation. Wisdom gives benefit to God. Solomon says, by wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundation. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the deeps were divided and the clouds let drop the dew. The benefit that wisdom gave to God in creation is that it allowed him to give permanence and life to creation. The permanence we see here in God laying the foundations of the earth in God setting the heavens in place by by saying earth and heavens. We have the two ends of a spectrum in which everything in the middle is included. All of creation, all of the universe is founded upon wisdom. Wisdom is a characteristic, is an attribute of God. God doesn't merely use wisdom. God is wisdom. That's why God can say to Noah, as long as the sun rises in the morning and the sun sets in the evening, as long as season follows season, you can know that I will be faithful to my covenant. Why? Because the permanence of God is the permanence of of wisdom and that permanence is the foundation of creation. That tree of life that we talked about a few minutes ago, that tree of life that we await as a benefit of God's wisdom is not going to be in some ethereal pie in the sky cloud nine. It will be right here on this earth as this earth is transformed because it is set upon the permanent foundation of God's of God's wisdom. But not only do we have permanence, we also see that God used wisdom to preserve life, to establish life. By his knowledge, the deeps were divided and the clouds let drop the dew. The deeps that were divided here, the commentators agree, is probably those primordial, those primeval waters that the spirit hovered over at the beginning of Genesis one. And remember what happened in Genesis one is creation unfolded. God separated the earth from the waters. He talks about it, I believe, in Job when he's questioning Job. Job, were you there when in wisdom I set the boundaries for the oceans so that they would no longer cover the earth? God has used his wisdom to set the permanence of the separation of of the earth and the waters. But he has also established by his wisdom that the clouds let drop the dew. We in our culture, in our country here, don't oftentimes understand the importance of that morning dew. But if you lived in a desert climate, you would understand that as the rivers flow through the deserts, in the mornings when it's cool, the water begins to evaporate out of, or maybe it's the other way around, when it's warm during the day, the waters evaporate out of those rivers. And in the mornings as it cools, 
that dew settles on the ground around it and replaces what we think of as rain. It is the rain for a desert environment. We've seen this. We haven't really taken it into account because we we rely so heavily upon rain. But have you ever been up above the Greenbrier River on a morning and looked down in the valley and just seen that fog that just follows along the river? That's what it's talking about here. As as the morning progresses, that fog settles on the ground and waters the earth. Well, in a desert climate, that is exactly what you are dependent upon for life. And so in wisdom, God has preserved life and established life on this earth. In other words, everything that we have, God used wisdom to create. Wisdom brings benefit to man. Wisdom brings benefit to God. And wisdom also brings benefit to the son himself. Solomon here argues from lesser to greater than down to lesser. Because if there is great benefit for all of humanity in wisdom, if there is great benefit for God in wisdom, how much benefit can I as an individual take from wisdom? And Paul here lays out the benefits to the son because of wisdom. In verses 21 through 26, Paul makes the point that since wisdom brings benefit to man and to God, the son should seek to retain wisdom, to keep it in front of him at all times. And there will be certain benefits for him. The first benefit is sound judgment and discernment that will give him life. The beginning of the the section in verse 22, these the sound judgment discernment will be life for you. They will be an ornament to grace your neck. We talk a lot over the last couple of weeks with this virus going around. You know, there are wise, discerning things that we can do that will protect us from this virus. Wisdom will bring us life. Wisdom will make us an honor in other people as as an ornament about our neck. It's a symbol of this favor that we have with man spoken of earlier in chapter three. One commentator says wisdom enhances character just as jewelry enhances physical beauty. We kind of know this intuitively, do we not? We are drawn to people who live according to God's wisdom. Think about men or women that you hold up in high esteem because of their holiness, because of their sanctification, because of walk with God. It's because of their wisdom. Verses 23 and 24 tell us that wisdom will give us security in all times and in all situations. 23 and 24 says you will go your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. And you, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. And when you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Leviticus 25, 18 tells the Israelites that they will dwell in the land in safety if they follow God's law. Proverbs 3, 6, we are promised smooth paths to those who trust in God rather than their own wisdom. Psalm 3 Verse five, Psalm four, verse eight, Jeremiah thirty one, twenty six, all promise safe, secure sleep for those who obey God. How do we have safety in times like this? How do we have security, a personal sense of safety and security in times like this? Are you so worked up over the difficulties of life that you can't sleep? 
Solomon tells his son, pursuing God's wisdom will give you a good night's rest. Will give you security and keep you from stumbling and striking your foot. And finally, the final benefit for the son comes in verse 25 and 26. Have no fear of sudden disaster or the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being snared. What kind of ruin, what kind of ruin and disaster await the wicked? It's the final judgment. The combination of words there point forward to not just earthly ruin, earthly disaster, but to that judgment that awaits all the wicked. Those who do not embrace Jesus as their savior will one day stand before God. Where it says in verse 26, for the Lord will be your confidence, it literally says for the Lord will be by your side. We will stand there too. Before God's throne and the accuser will stand there as our public. Oh, it's not the defender. What's the other guy? Prosecutor. That's the word I was looking for. He will stand there as our prosecutor and he will list out our sins. And we need not fear because the Lord will be by our side. Saying my righteousness covers that my righteousness covers that my righteousness covers that. No matter how long the list may be. Wisdom brings benefit to all humanity. Wisdom brings benefit to God. And when if wisdom brings benefit and blessing to the son. That's important for us as we wrap this particular passage up to understand something. Most of these benefits that are listed for us here in Proverbs 3. Are listed elsewhere throughout the scriptures too. But not in the context of wisdom. In the context of law. In the context of God's law, God's law is wisdom. Our our world tries to do everything it can to chip away at God's law to say, well, God really didn't mean what he meant there. Or they didn't understand this when he said that. Or that's those ancient words for people who died a long, long time ago. No, these are the words of God, the inspired words of God, which are just as relevant for us today As they were for the people to whom they were written. And the benefits of wisdom are the benefits of keeping the law. And we learn from that that the best way to learn wisdom is to learn God's law. And to keep it. The assigning of covenant keeping benefits to wisdom is another reminder that this book is a proverb. Is a covenant document. The pursuit of wisdom is the pursuit of keeping God's law. And living according to God's law is wisdom. Wisdom is not only found in Proverbs, but in the entirety of God's word. Do we dig through God's word to find his wisdom? Do we seek to draw it out as cool water from a well? Let us pray. Our God and Father above, we do thank you for the benefits that you give to us. We thank you for the ultimate benefit of life with you. But we thank you for blessedness as well. The sense of peace, the sense of contentment on our world in spite of our circumstances. Help us to pursue and follow you in all that we do. Help us to live according to your law, according to your wisdom. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen.